this morning we are continuing in this series that we've been doing over this last several weeks called Hope. And the truth is there's not a whole lot to be hopeful for in this world. I mean, when you look around, you see all the things that are happening in the world. You watch the news, even the events of this past week, and you see terrorist attacks, and you see economic struggles, and you see all the things that are going on around us in this world today. There's really not a whole lot of things to be optimistic about in the world today. In fact, it kind of reminds me of these two old farmers. One old farmer, he was kind of an old pessimistic old guy. I mean, everything was just bad. I'm telling you, if the rain came down, he would say it's going to wash away all the crops. And if the sun shined, he would say it's going to dry up all the crops. And man, he was just pessimistic about everything. And his old friend was an optimist. Man, he was always hopeful and always looking on the bright side. And he just somehow wanted to have his old pessimist friend to just somehow have some hope. And so he was always looking for some way to get his pessimistic friend to say something positive. So he found a way. He found this dog that had like these special talents and abilities. I mean, an incredible dog. And he thought, how in the world can my old pessimist friend ever say anything bad about this dog? And so he brought the dog to his friend and said, man, I want to show you my dog. Have you seen what my dog could do? He picked up a stick and he threw the stick out onto the lake, like a hundred yards out onto the lake. And the dog went running for the stick and I'm not kidding, ran on top of the water out there, walking on the water to get the stick, walked on the water all the way back to his old, to his old, uh, old optimist uh, owner and dropped the stick at his feet. And the optimist said, there's nothing bad that my friend's going to be able to say about this dog. So he looks at his friend and says, what do you think about my dog? The old pessimist farmer thought for a second and said, that dog can't swim, can he? How many know somebody like that, you know? I mean, and the truth is, man, when you look at things in life, sometimes it's easy to be pessimistic, isn't it? When you look at the things that are happening in our world today, it's not very hopeful things that are happening around us in the world today. But we have learned in this series that we can have hope that as followers of Jesus Christ, that even when things are not very hopeful in the world, even when our circumstances don't look very hopeful, even when our finances don't look very hopeful, even when our relationships don't look very hopeful, even when politics in the world and the things that are going on in the world around us don't seem very hopeful, that as followers of Christ, we can have hope. In fact, we learn this important truth that as followers of Christ, hope is not something that we do. Well, I hope this or I hope that or I hope something else. But instead, we have learned that hope is something that we have. And even more specifically, hope is not just something that we have, but hope is someone that we We have, we have hope in Jesus Christ. And I'm here to be just a peddler of hope today to tell you, get your hopes up. So everybody look at your neighbor, just tell them, get your hopes up, get your hopes up because we've got things to be hopeful for. In fact, we've had this kind of running definition that we've been looking at through this series that's helping us kind of driving us through this series of what hope is. It's going to come on the screen there for you. Why don't you read it aloud with me today? It goes like this. Hope is a strong and confident expectation. Come on, say it again. Hope is a strong and confident expectation. And the truth is, when you look at circumstances and you 
you look at situations, man, there's not very much to be confident about. But the truth is, because of Jesus Christ, we can have confidence. We can have certainty because we are guaranteed of something good. Hey, things may not look good, but we are guaranteed because God is good. He will work things for our good. And we can have this strong and confident expectation that only comes through Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to say amen this morning. And this is what we've been learning about. We've been learning about what does it mean to have hope in Jesus Christ and what kind of hope does he bring to us? In fact, as we're in this Christmas season, kind of the holiday time, we're talking about the birth of Jesus and we're thinking about hope and all of those things. What kind of hope does Jesus bring to us? And we just kind of broken it down into four areas that I think that Jesus brings hope. Last week, we talked about the hope of God's favor. So everybody look at your neighbor, say favor favor. We talked about how Jesus brings the favor of God, that we can have hope that God is with us and he is for us. In fact, that's what the angel announced. The angel said, glory to God in the heavens and peace on earth to whom God's what? To whom God's favor rests. We talked about what it means that God is for us. Next week, we're going to be talking about the hope of God's power. We're going to be talking about how he is a mighty God in whatever situation that you stand in. And finally, on Christmas Sunday, we're going to talk about the hope of God's love. How many are glad that God loves you? And man, what an incredible hope that we have. But today, we're going to talk about this most powerful, powerful thing. In fact, if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn with me. If you have your LifeGate app or your YouVersion app or your notes or whatever, it's everywhere today. It's on the screen. But why don't you look at this verse in Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 23. Look what it says. It says, the angels says that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Here's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that he is Emmanuel. What does that mean? Well, it says it right there. It means God with us. Here's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. It is the hope of God's presence. In fact, that's what Christmas is really all about. I got news for you today. Christmas is really not about trees, and it's really not about lights. It's not about music. It's not about eggnog or hot chocolate. It's not about chestnuts roasting on an open fire, whatever that means. It's not about any of that stuff. In fact, if you take notes, you might write this down. Christmas is not about presents. It's about presents. Come on, you see what I did there? That's pretty good. Christmas is not about presents, it's about presents, it's about God with us, Emmanuel, that the God of the universe would come down to be with us, that we could have the hope of the presence of God in our lives, that God didn't just look down from the sky and go, hey, I see you guys down there, just thought I'd tell you I love you, he didn't send us a text message, he didn't FaceTime us or Skype us, he didn't send us an email or a Snapchat, no, instead, he He didn't just look down from heaven. He came down from heaven. He took on human flesh. He took on bodily form. He walked in our sandals. Or if you're a dad, he walked in your mandals. I'm just saying. And he came down to be here with us. God in the flesh. And that is the hope that we have. The hope of God's 
presence. So what does that mean? Like, why should we be hopeful that God is with us? Like, what does it mean that we have the presence of God with us everywhere that we go? Well, I started thinking about this and I just kind of wrote down three things that I see in the scripture. Three reasons that we have hope in God's presence. The first one is this, if you're taking notes, is that because God is with us, because we have the hope of his presence, I can have help when I'm in trouble. Everybody just say, help. I can have help when I'm in trouble. In fact, this is what the scripture says. I love this, this verse in Psalm 46 and verse 1. Look what it says. It says, God is our refuge and strength. Look at, look at this word, and ever-present. Everybody say, ever-present. Isn't that what we're talking about? We're talking about the presence of God. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. I love this verse. Look what it's saying. It's saying God is ever-present. That's the hope that we have today. The hope of the presence of God. That wherever you go and whatever you go through and whatever you face and wherever you are, let me just tell you something. God is with you. At all times and in all places and in all things, he is ever present. And that's pretty cool right there, right? But that's not the end of it. He's not just ever present. He's not just there with you. It's not just like, hey, I'm going along and God's just there with me. Give me a fist bump. Hey, buddy, how's it going? And we're just hanging out together. No, no. He's ever present for a reason. And look what it says. He is an ever present help. He is with you, not to just be with you and hang out, which that would be cool, right? Having God with me. He's with me all the time. And that's awesome that he never leaves me and he's always there. But he's not just ever present just to be there. He's there to help us in our times of need. Let me just be just real vulnerable with you this morning. It's all right. Sometimes the pastor just kind of is vulnerable. Let me be really vulnerable with you. This morning, this verse has been a verse that has been kind of my go-to verse over this last few months. In fact, uh, it was about maybe two and a half months ago or so that I was just in my study time. I was just praying, reading my Bible. And, and for whatever reason, this verse just jumped off the page to me. And especially that part about even though the earth give way and the mountains be thrown into the depths of the sea. And you don't have to be afraid. And so I, I wrote that, that verse down and I started just kind of meditating on it in my prayer time. And just memorizing it and going over and over in my mind. And I didn't even really know why at the time because nothing really bad was going on. On. Things were going pretty smooth in life and all of that. And I kid you not, two days later, after God gave me this verse, two days later was the day that Pastor Seth walked into my office and said, Pastor, I want to tell you that another church, another church has called us and asked us to interview uh, for the job there at the church, and we want to go ahead and follow through on that process. And I got to just tell you, you guys know Pastor Seth and I are very close. And actually, I think about Pastor Seth, and he was my ever-present help in times of trouble. <laughs> And I'm kind of kidding, but I'm kind of not because he was my, my go-to guy. If I needed something, man, he took care of it for me. And so when, that, when he spoke those words, I'm, just, I'm being real vulnerable, but it felt like the earth was giving way and the mountains were being thrown into the depths of the sea. Anybody ever been there before, right? 
And so obviously I was excited for Seth and the opportunity that God had for him and things like that. But I'm telling you, like it felt like I was being punched in the stomach. It felt like my, my whole earth was crumbling underneath my feet. And I can't tell you how many times over this last couple of months, I mean, especially those first few weeks, I would be laying in bed and I would have fear in my heart. Like, what are we going to do? And man, I'm sad and I don't want Seth to leave and all of these kind of things. And over and over, here's what I said in my, in my mind. The Lord is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains be thrown into the depths of the sea. The Lord is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Over and over and over in my mind. And here's, here's what I, the point I'm trying to get across. I'm not trying to get you to feel sorry for me, but here's the point I'm trying to get across is that sometimes we have those times in our life where it feels like the earth is crumbling underneath our feet. Anybody ever experienced that before? Like the rug is pulled out from under you and you think, man, I'm afraid and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I need some help in this time of trouble that I'm going through. And here's, here's the point here this morning is that many times it's in the times of trouble where we actually experience the presence of God in the deepest way. Because the truth is, when everything is going good, sometimes we just kind of cruise through life. And he's ever present. He's there. But we don't acknowledge him until we go through those times where it feels like the mountains are being thrown into the depths of the sea. And our earth is crumbling underneath our feet. That then we recognize that, hey, God is with me. And he is ever present. He is Emmanuel. God with us. And he's with us. Not to just be with us and comfort us. And that would be enough, but he's with us to help us in the times of need. And some of you may be in this room this morning and maybe you're experiencing situations where it feels like the earth is crumbling underneath your feet. And here's the hope that you can have today. The hope is that God is with you. He is Emmanuel. He is present in your time of need. I like the way Isaiah wrote it in Isaiah 41 as God spoke through the prophet. He said, do not fear. Everybody say, do not fear. Do not fear. Why shouldn't you fear? Why? Because I am what? I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will what? I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Some of you need to hear this this morning. You're going through circumstances and you don't know how you're going to get through it. And here's the hope that you have. The hope is of God's presence that he says, don't be afraid. I am with with you, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Come on, that's worthy of an amen right there. What's the hope that we have of his presence is that he will help when we're in trouble. Number two, write this one down. That we have a friend. Everybody say a friend. We have a friend when we're lonely. You know, the truth is, holiday times can sometimes be the most lonely times. I know that we... You know, we sing songs about and we talk about holidays and Christmas, being about family and being about friends. And sometimes it is, and it really is about love and it's about sharing those times. But the truth is, even if you have a whole bunch of family around you, you can be sitting in a room filled with family and still feel lonely. Anybody ever been there before? 
Sometimes holiday times can be the times where we feel the most alone. In fact, some of you, even, even right now, you're sitting in this room surrounded by a whole bunch of people and you still feel just alone. Maybe some of you, you just the desire of your heart is to have that special someone and one day get married and, and then holiday times come around and you're, you know, you're scrolling through Facebook and you're seeing your friends that are doing their selfies and their ussies with their significant other and they're down by the Christmas tree and they're having their perfect date night and whatever and you're and you're going man here I am and a whole nother year has gone and I'm not any closer to finding that someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with and you feel this this overwhelming sense of loneliness some of you this time of year man it's a really difficult time of year because maybe this past year you lost a loved one or maybe it was in years past and that loved one is gone and it's lonely enough as it is and you feel the grief enough as it is but then holiday times just kind of magnify that because all the family gets together and everybody's with their family and with their friends and you're thinking about I'm going to get together with my family and then there's going to be the empty chair you know the one where Papa used to sit or the one where mom used to sit or the one where that loved one used to sit and this year they're not going to be there and you feel this sense of grief and this sense of loneliness that you feel during this time some of you have gone through a divorce or maybe some of you your parents went through a divorce and maybe even this is the first year and you're going man I'm gonna have to have two Christmases and I'm gonna have to go to Christmas at mom's and Christmas at dad's and it brings this sense of of overwhelming feeling of this of this Feeling alone. Some of you, over this last year, someone has hurt you or betrayed you or let you down and it causes you to feel alone. In fact, Paul knew exactly what this was all about. He wrote about it in 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 4 and verse 16. Look what he says. He says, at my defense, no one came to my support and everyone deserted me. Here's Paul, and he's standing there defending himself at, at his trial, defending himself for being a Christian. And look what he says. He goes, everyone deserted me. Where's all my friends? Where's all the people that I preached to? Where's all the people that got saved underneath my ministry? I'm standing here, and I'm all by myself, and I feel all alone because everyone has deserted me. But then look what he says in verse number 17. Even though everyone has deserted me, look what it says. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. See, that's the hope that we have in Jesus, the hope of the presence of God, that even when I feel lonely, even when it seems like everyone else has deserted me and I'm standing by myself, the truth is I'm not by myself because God is Emmanuel, God with us, and his presence is with me. And even though everyone else has deserted me, the Lord has stood by my side. In fact, that's what God said through the Hebrew writer in Hebrews 13 and verse 5. He says that God says, I will never leave you and never, everybody say never, never will I forsake you. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 28 and verse 20. He says, and surely I am with you always to the ends of the age. David said it like this in Psalm 23. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. The hope of God's presence is the hope that, hey, I've got help in times of trouble. I've got a friend in times when I feel lonely. Number three, check this one out. I've got a guide. Everybody say a guide. A guide when I get lost. How many know the truth is sometimes we just don't know which way to go? I know, guys, we never really want to admit this, right? 
and we're driving around. Who wants to stop and ask for directions? We would rather just drive around for an hour, whole time going, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. Come on, right? In fact, I heard about one guy who actually changed the GPS, you know, the voice on the GPS from a female voice to a male voice. And he said the reason was because the female kept stop, telling him to stop and ask for directions, you know. <laughs> and guys, we're like that. That's funny. That's just funny, right? And we're like that, aren't we? Like we think we know which way to go. And sometimes in life, we don't know. It'd be nice, wouldn't it, if there was a GPS for life that would just tell us, hey, turn right, turn left. Hey, take that job. Don't take that job. Go out with that person. Do not go out with that person. (laughs) And the truth is we do. We do have a personal GPS for life. God is with us to direct us and to guide us. His presence is with us to show us which way to go when we don't know where to go. In fact, I love this passage that I came across as I was studying in Isaiah 30 and verse 21. Look what God says to his people. He says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Isn't that what's so awesome about the presence of God? That there's this voice behind us that's just saying, hey, this is the way. Hey, turn right there. Turn left there. No, don't turn there. Hey, stop there for a little while. This is the way. Walk in it. I want to guide you. I want to show you. I want to give you direction for your life. And when you don't know what to do, and when you don't know what decision to make, I'm behind you just going, hey, turn right, turn left. and Walk in my way. In fact, it reminds me of the Israelites. You remember the story of the Israelites that God had promised them the promised land. And yet when it came time to go into the promised land, they really didn't know where they were going or what to do. In fact, it says in the scripture because they had never been that way before. And so God speaks to them. And look, look what he says to them in Joshua 3 and verse 4. He says, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow. It And then, look at this, you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. God says, here's the deal. I want to show you which way to go. You've never been this way before. You don't know the way. I want to be your personal guide to show you how to get where I want you to go. And here's how I'm going to do it. What you got to do is you just got to stay in the, you got to keep the Ark of the Covenant near you. You've got to keep your eyes on the Ark. And here's what's so cool. You ready for this? The Ark, you know what it represented? It represented the presence of God. Like in the Old Testament days, before Jesus had come, before the Holy Spirit had come uh, on the day of Pentecost, the Ark of the Covenant was how they experienced the presence of God. And here's what God says. God says, hey, keep the Ark in sight. Stay near to the Ark and follow the Ark. And then you'll know which way to go since you've never been this way before. And here's the truth here this morning. Some of you, as we come into a new year here in just a few weeks, God may be wanting to take you to some places that you you've never been before and maybe some experiences that you've never experienced before and you don't know how to get there and you don't know what to do and you don't know what decisions to make but here's the cool thing is that the presence of God will guide you and lead you even when you don't know which way to go some of you go well I don't got an ark well guess what you got something better than the ark you know what you have you have the Holy Spirit. 
And instead of having this ark that you have to be with all the time, instead, when Jesus went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't just be with us. He would actually be in us. Come on, that's powerful stuff. And he would guide us. In fact, that's what the scripture says in John 16 and 13. But when the spirit of truth comes, what will he do? He will guide you into all truth. I'm telling you, we have this hope this morning, the hope of the presence of God, that God is with us and he will guide us. And because he is with us, we never have to be lost again. So you say, well, that's cool, Pastor. I like that. Like, I like that. I got a friend in lonely times. I got a guide when I get lost. And I got a help when I'm in trouble. And that's really cool. And I know the presence of God is always with me, ever present, all that kind of stuff. But, Pastor, there are still times when I just don't feel God's presence. Anybody would just raise your hand and say, hey, there's times I don't feel it. You go, how do I really experience God's presence like you're talking about. What do I do when I'm not feeling God's presence? How do I make sure that, I, that I'm experiencing God's presence in, in a deeper way? Well, let's just talk about this and let's just get practical. Is it okay if we get practical for a second? How do we experience God's presence in a practical way? I, I just wrote down three things to help you this morning. If you're taking notes, you might write them down. The first one is this. We've got to be aware. Everybody say it, Aware got to be aware here's here's the truth is that the presence of God is with us at all times it's all around us he is all around us he said he is ever present the problem is that sometimes we're just not very aware of his presence sometimes we get distracted by all this other stuff and so in order to experience the presence of God here's what we have to do is sometimes we just got to pay closer attention in fact, it reminds me of this, of this story in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 28. And uh, Jacob, the, the Bible says Jacob just kind of going through his life and doing his own thing. And one night Jacob goes to sleep and he has this crazy psychedelic dream, you know, later on that Led Zeppelin would write a song about it, about this stairway to heaven. And, and then he wakes up. Come on, you've got to help me out. Sometimes, sometimes it's just the best I got. And you just got to... Give me a courtesy laugh or something. (laughs) And he wakes up from that dream the next morning. And look what he says in Genesis 28, verse 17. Jacob says, Surely the presence of the Lord was in this place, and I did not know it. And how many times do we go through life like that? The presence of God is all around us. He is working in us and for us and around us and he is with us. And yet sometimes in life we get so distracted. Sometimes in life we just barrel right through life and the presence of God is there and we don't sense him because, we, because we're not aware of his presence. And the presence of God is there but we don't even know it. And I think sometimes it's because we, we have these ideas of what experiencing the presence of God is like. And we think that it's going to be this big thundercloud. Or we think it's going to be this big voice from heaven saying, do this and whatever. And, and, and so many times it's, we don't experience the presence of God in the way that we think we would experience the presence of God. It reminds me of the story of Elijah. You remember that? Elijah truly wanted to experience God's presence. He was truly 
looking for God to move. And so God told Elijah to go out and go out onto the mountaintop. And at the, at the top of the mountain that God said, I'm going to pass by. My presence is going to pass by. And as Elijah's standing on the mountaintop, what happens? There's this huge just rush of wind that blows by. But the Bible says that it wasn't God in the wind. And then there's this great earthquake that takes place. But the Bible says that wasn't God either. And then there's this fire. But there's not God in the fire. And then God shows up. But how does he show up? It says in a gentle whisper. In that still, small voice. And I think sometimes many of us, what we're looking for is we're looking for the earthquake. We're looking for the mighty wind. We're looking for the fire and the rain. We're looking for the voice from heaven. And many times we miss the gentle whisper. The still small voice of God's presence as he speaks to us. And all we got to do is be more aware. Open our ears, open our eyes, open our minds to experience the presence of God. I think sometimes it's because we get so distracted by other stuff. I think sometimes it's because we get too used to it. The truth is that we come to an awesome church. Come on. And every Sunday we come in and the presence of God is here. The worship team is blowing the roof off of the place and the presence of God is here. And we experience the fellowship that we experience with with our family and friends here at church. And then the sermons, I'm telling you, they are awesome. (laughs) Especially the guest speakers. They're really, really good. And, And you know what? Sometimes, I'm telling you, this is the truth. Sometimes we get so used to the presence of God. We take it for granted. And so we just kind of mosey on into church, and it's holiday time, we're tired, and whatever. And the presence of God is here, and he's saying, I want to speak to you, and I want to I touch you, and I want to work in your life. But we're kind of distracted, or we're just kind of, oh, they sang that song before, I felt it before. And here's what we got. You really want to experience the presence of God, you've got to heighten your awareness of his presence. You've got to open your eyes. You've got to open your mind. You've got to open yourself up, because he is with us always and sometimes it may not be in the thunder or the lightning it might be in the still small voice that speaks to your heart where you experience the peace that comes from his presence working in your life you got to be aware number two write this down this is a real practical one sometimes we got to just be alone the truth is we're not very good at this in fact we have lost the value in in our society today, of alone time, of quiet, of, of peacefulness. And I'm, I'm just as guilty as the rest of you. Like anytime I have a little bit of quiet or a little bit of peace, man, what do I do? I got to fill the air with something, right? Like I got to turn on the TV. I got to watch ESPN in the background. I'm not even watching it, but I got to have it going on in the background. I get in the car, first thing I do, I turn on the radio. I turn on, even sometimes it's even like good, you know, podcasts or whatever, but it's like I can't have any dead silence. How I many you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to have all these voices constantly talking to us all the time, all around us and whatever. And, and I know we all do that. I fall into it, too. But there is something powerful about turning all of that out, uh, turning all of that off, getting alone by yourself in the peace and in the quiet. In fact, that's what the scripture said, that we should be still and know. That he is God. You really want to know his presence? You really want to experience his presence? Here sometimes is the way to do it. Be still. Be still and know. I think sometimes we don't like to be still. 
Sometimes we don't like to turn off all the noise because we're afraid of what God might actually say to us when we do get quiet. We're afraid of having to actually deal with the thoughts and the things that are going on in our mind and in our heart. And so we fill it up with all this noise and all of this stuff. But I'm telling you, God wants to speak to you and he has good things that he wants to say. He wants to give you guidance and direction. And even if it's correction, it's for your good. And if we had just be still, we would know. We would know that he is God. We would experience his presence in deeper ways. In fact, Jesus knew the value of this. Look what it says that Jesus would do in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35. He says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a, look at this, a key word, solitary. Everybody say solitary. solitary. Some of y'all just thought that was something you play on your phone or your computer. <laughs> He went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Key word there, solitary. He got alone. See, Jesus understood that sometimes in order to experience the presence of God, I have to get away from the presence of others. He said, I got to get away from the disciples and all the distractions and all the stuff, and I got to get to a place where it's just me and God. And some of you very practically here today, here's the problem, is the reason that you don't experience and feel the presence of God with you is because you're never alone. And some of you just need to decide, hey, I got to make sure that I'm making this a priority. I got to make sure that I'm being intentional about this. Some of you moms, it may be, hey, I got to get up a little bit earlier before the kids get up, before my husband gets up so that I can spend that time with God. Some of you guys, you need to get in the car and when you're driving to work you need to turn off the ticket you need to turn off the fox news and you need to just be quiet and listen and spend time in the presence of god some of you you need to put down your phone come on right whenever we don't have anything to do what's the first thing we do i look at my phone see what's going on on facebook or pinterest or whatever it is that i'm looking at and some of us we need to put that aside for me one of the things that helps me is that i leave my phone at home and i just go on a walk and i walk around the neighborhood and I spend time, I like to go down by, we had a little pond and there's trees and stuff and I like to be in nature and just feel and hear and know the presence of God that is all around me and I got to just sometimes just get alone and put out all the, all the noise and all the other stuff so that I can experience God's presence. Come on, I'm helping you all this morning. <laughs> got to be aware, we got to be alone. Look at this one, I like this one. We got to be aligned. See, there's something about experiencing God's presence When we're in the silent, when we're in the quiet, when we're by ourselves, and that's powerful and it's necessary and we need it. But here's what I like is that the scripture tells us in Matthew 18 and verse 19, Jesus says again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree on anything that they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Look verse verse 20. says, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am what? I am with them. Guess what? You want to guarantee that the presence of God is somewhere? Here's how we guarantee the presence of God. When we get together in his name, he has guaranteed that he will be there among us. Isn't that cool? That, that this morning, because we gathered together in this room today for the, for the express purpose of worshiping God and speaking his word, because we have gathered in his name today, here's the guarantee that he has given us, that he is in this place today. The presence of God is here right now in this place, in this moment, in this time. When we get together on a Sunday morning, when you get together in your life group, he is there. When you're just getting together, 
beer over at Mojo's and having some sweet tacos. I mean, you know what I'm saying? A little pulled pork over there. God is there in there. As you gather together, two or three, he is guaranteed. He has said, I will be there with you. In fact, we've had this little thing kind of floating around on Facebook and on social media here lately. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, they put this little hashtag, LG spotting. Have you seen that? Anybody seen that? And we're just, it's like people around town just doing life together, LifeGate, LifeGate people around town. In fact, I put, put those pictures up there. I put a few of those. I just checked out these people. I mean, look at Chris. Your eyes are closed there, buddy. I'm not sure that you knew there was a picture going or whatever. And, you know, I look at that and I go, it's pretty cool. I like to scroll through Facebook and see our LG people just hanging out, doing life together, because that's what we do, right? But, you know, it's even cooler than that. I started thinking about this. Even in those moments where you're just sitting there at a restaurant and you're posting it on Facebook, even in those moments, guess what? God is there. Because he has promised when two or three would gather together in my name, I am there among them. Here's the good news. Here's the hope that we have this morning. The hope is this, the hope of God's presence, that no matter what I go through, he is with me. And here's the, the awesome thing. He will be a help in my time of need. He will be a friend in the times when I'm lonely. He will be a guide when I don't know what to do. And all I have to do is all I have to do is just have this awareness of his presence. All I have to do is sometimes I got to get alone and get in his presence. Sometimes I got to get around other believers and other Christians and gather in his name and here's the guarantee that I have that he is with me and that he is here and his presence is in this room right here and right now and all you've got to do is make the first move you know, I've never told this story in a sermon before but I'm going to tell this story my wife Amber and I some of you don't know how we got together she's going to get embarrassed when, when Amber and I first started dating we had actually not even been talking. Like, we had actually not even, you know, acted like we were going to date or anything. But one night with a youth group, we all went to the movies. And she was sitting next to I'm going to sound so terrible. <laughs> she was sitting next to me in the movie. And I don't know what come over me. It must have just been the Holy Spirit just come over <laughs> me. And I just, I just reached out my hand and I grabbed her hand. And we held hands in the movie. That's pretty cool, right? <laughs> And that's how we started. That's how we started dating. I'm telling you, your pastor's got moves. I mean, he's smooth. He's smooth. We've been together ever since. Pretty cool, right? And I started thinking about that. You know what? How do you experience the presence of God? You just make the first move. Just make the first move. In fact, you go, "Where's that?" Well, look what the scripture says in James, James four and verse eight. Look what he says. He says, "Draw near to me." And I will draw near to you. Do you need the presence of God in your life right now? Here's what you do. You make the first move. You draw near to him. And he promised that if you would draw near to him, that he would draw near to you. So all you got to do, all you got to do is reach out your hand. Just grab his hand. All you got to do is just lift up your hands. He is in this place today. He has promised that he would be here when two or three gather together in his name. He has promised that he'd be your help in time of need. That he'd be your friend when you feel lonely. That he'd be your guide when you don't know which way to go. And all you've got to do is make the first move. If you will draw near to him. He will draw near to you.